0: Um, so what Voucher has done really is, is bring um, something new, something social to money transfer. Um, so yeah, our evolution has really been um, to, to go in and work with banks, uh, work with wallets, uh, work with, with payment networks and offer them something um, a little bit more fun, a little bit more sexy.
1: On today's podcast, we are talking to Aaron Whitehead, the European Managing Director for Voucher. Who are Voucher? Voucher are the company that are making money movement more social. This is Tech Talks, your twice weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, today joined by a special guest co-host where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. Welcome to today's show. I'm actually joined by guest co-host. I'm talking to Audrey Pay, who is in Stanford. Which I'll, I'll be. This is really bad. This is ignorant of me, but I, I had to double check with you exactly where Stanford is. So <laughs> you're on the west coast of the USA, uh, where it's what nine just gone nine thirty at night. How was yes, your it's Sunday? Nine thirty
2: nine on Sunday. Yes, been kind of crazy. I've been working on papers and homework for the. For the whole weekend but overall feeling pretty good about the week ahead
1: look i was keen to get you on on a number of different angles which we'll come to obviously the the normal interview that's the the, the kind of the focus of the show and then on news later on but um there's a couple of angles you are the founder of WeTech, which is an organization that you set up back home in in the philippines uh you're also a global teen leader so you, you're a great advocate for tech full stop but you're a first year who's studying at stanford having moved to a different country during a global pandemic. So there's a lot written in the press at the minute about how this is affecting students, but you've got to have a really interesting perspective on it.
2: Definitely a lot of thoughts about this new transition, new phase in my life. And I think by the nature of my work, I've been doing a lot of remote work, online meetings, that sort of thing for the past couple of years because WeTech is mostly run online. We're a group of 150 youth advocating for closing the gender and accessibility gaps in technology. So yeah. a lot of my meetings with my team were already done like via platforms like Zoom and Facebook Messenger. And I think now what's interesting is that the rest of the world seems to be doing that as well. And my classes are now via Zoom. So that definitely was an adjustment because I did a gap year. And I last time I was in the formal like, school system, it was still very much in person so it's been quite an adjustment but overall really grateful to have the opportunity to be here on campus at stanford
1: look on on a pure social side of things for me university was a lot about meeting people making friends you are on campus but your classes are over zoom are you finding it easy to make connections with people on your course
2: i wouldn't say that it's easy but because by nature i can be quite extroverted when I need to be it, it helps definitely like I can amp up the sociability when I need to and I think the interesting thing about about zoom now is that everybody's like names are displayed so that's much easier and if you want the message to message somebody directly you can um but of course there are cons to it so there aren't really that many casual conversations at the start at the end of class you don't get that time where you walk between classes with friends but at the same time I think technology has made it more convenient for me to jump, yeah. for example, from my 3.50 to 4 p.m. class. Whereas if it were in person, I'd have to sprint between the different departments. Yeah.
1: Mine, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, from a meeting point of view, a lot of people talked about the fact that their days have become even busier because certainly in a work setting where normally you might have half an hour between meetings, all of a sudden it's just back to back to back to back to back. And it's like, oh God, I need a break. Okay. Uh, so it's interesting to hear that maybe this, the school schedules have, have also had that uh, slight change. Okay, cool. Look, um, Well, I'm glad that you're there and studying and on campus and enjoying it. We'll jump into the interview. I'm sure we come back to some of these themes as we go through the episode, but we'll we'll jump into the interview. Uh, Today's guest is Aaron Whitehead. He is the Voucher MD for Europe. Uh, We're going to be talking all about moving money in a more sociable way. So on today's show, we're talking to Aaron Whitehead from Voucher. Good morning, Aaron. How are you?
0: Good morning. Great to be with you. Doing joining well. me
1: from 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 Vienna as well, which right. uh growing up to me always meant the New Year's Day concert because my right. dad is an absolute <laughs> nut for the Vienna Philharmonic.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still going on. It's uh it has a big following.
1: You're talking you here to talk about voucher. Do you mind telling me a little bit about Voucher and what exactly the business does?
0: Sure, sure. Happy to. Um so basically the the background of voucher, um, it doesn't have your common background, like a fintech does, um, the founders they actually come from uh, from gaming and from social media and big tech, um, and you know that's it's a really interesting mix of experience, um, and they brought that kind of experience into into the financial world basically to disrupt it. Uh, what they saw there was a huge opportunity to um, to, to make some changes uh, to make, let's say uh the, the money movement more social uh and so yeah voucher is yeah we're it's it's based in toronto canada um we we you know we brought up our our solution here to the fintech world and we're making a a, a great splash
1: and why is it then that if it's a canadian company if you don't mm-hmm. mind me asking that you're based obviously out in vienna
0: yeah i mean it's it's the new normal right i mean we can be based uh, anywhere um my role here is to expand and build on, on the success that we've had in North America.
1: Talk us through a little bit around how the business has got from where it, it was to where it is today and, and what that kind of evolution has looked like as well, just so we can understand. Because obviously you said there, kind of coming from a gaming background to working into kind of a, a cross-border money transfer, transfer uh, platform, it, it's quite a large evolution.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So you know, we we've we started in in the home Canadian market. Uh, we we had a first uh, proof of concept with Royal Bank of Canada. Uh, that was a really big success. What they needed there was was an innovation partner to help them, and um, yeah, we really helped them uh, to to grow their business, make it a little bit different. Um, the, the problem that a lot of money transfer companies have today um, unfortunately <laughs> money transfer is just a boring commodity um, What we see there is like a very function first uh, principle um you know the the same people that build money transfer platforms build uh, bill payment platforms you know um, so it, yeah. it just it's it's just such a boring experience um, so what voucher has done really is is bring, um, something new, something social to money transfer. Um, so yeah, our evolution has really been, um, to, to go in and work with banks, uh, work with wallets, uh, work with, with payment networks and offer them something, um, a little bit more fun, a little bit more sexy.
1: So, so when you say a little bit more fun and a little bit more sexy, um, what are we talking about? Because it's, yeah, it's right. quite difficult to understand how <laughs> payments can, you know, payments can be personalized. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think if I think about kind of f- fintech offerings and, and, you know, even some of the larger legacy banks kind of, you know, bumping mobile phones or splitting bills and those kind of things, you're going out with friends, just making it easier. It all seems to be about reducing friction between, you know, sharing costs or whatever amongst friends and family but how do you make it fun
0: right right exactly yeah no this this is <laughs> this is the challenge we have and um we, you know we're really building a new category here um people understand payments and they understand social media but when you put the two together somehow the people just like what does that mean um so you know our core business really there is when you're sending someone a money transfer um being able to personalize it um adding uh uh, adding photo adding music a video a personal note um really adding that context around it i mean you you never just walk in a room and hand somebody 20 quid right i mean <laughs> you know like you 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 want to say something around it um and and today what you see with bank transfers is just you know there's a memo line it's there's just nothing there um our our business is really you know you when you hark back and you look at like what venmo has done what um square cash has done in some of those markets you know li- like just adding an emoji um like with venmo you have like nine something 90 percent of transactions have an emoji and you think well what does that mean you know but people want to say more than that um so mm-hmm. so one use case of that is just you know the very simple wrapper around it um and when someone sends that that payment um, the receiver what they get on their on their mobile phone is like a really great use of your mobile phone you know the 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 message pops out at you um, it's a personal message from your friend saying something fun interesting um, saying what they want to say um, so you know it's it's you know it's for those practical things like hey thanks for the drinks last night thanks for the thanks for the dinner but it's also for those those special occasions as well um, you know so we we have a design team that's that's packaged up like um, you know pre-designed occasions for Christmas, New Year's, wedding, uh, birthdays, of course, um, Eid, uh, all of those occasions, those gift-giving occasions where people want to give money, but they they what's really important is being able to say something.
1: So. I get, I get that. I get all of that aspect of it, because, from friends and family, and making it a bit more interesting, a bit more personal, and and especially where it's kind of gift orientated. And I, yeah. I suppose you know, gone are the days where your grandma might have given you. I mean, Christ, back in back in my day, a fifty p piece, telling you don't, all, all, you know, spend it all at once. And and especially in any in any in age where cash is seen as something kind of dirty. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, you don't send a check through the post anymore. Certainly, either. You know, mm. Christ, you know, older family members who might have sent you a check five, ten years ago. Now they, that idea is is just bizarre and arcane um but why do businesses get interested because yeah it's always about reducing friction and and from a from a from a kind of a consumer to consumer peer to peer yeah but b to c how does it really hook and and draw them in
0: yeah yeah i mean you're you're exactly right um i I used to get those envelopes too with the you know the with the, (laughs) the money tucked in the envelope and the card and it's not the money you remember. It's, it's the, you know, like, like the phrase go, it's the thought that counts. I mean, that's what's really the important thing. Um, and so, you know, what we've seen is the the real value there is for the customer to be customer to be able to express themselves. Um, just, just like in the social media world, right. Um, it's not about communication it's about like the people really connecting together, but you know, why, why do businesses get involved? Um, when people get involved with their payment, when they start to add things themselves and, you know, invest their own time, the outcome of that is they feel much more engaged with that brand. They feel much more endeared um, and loyal. Um, so, yeah. you know, when we see those personalization scores go up, we see a direct correlation there with uh, with with a return, Um People are spending longer in, in banking apps. I mean, when do you hear that? Like, Hey, I want to go to my banking app and spend time there. (laughs) Like, you know, that's just not happening today, right? People in and out fast as possible. I don't like, why would you want to spend any time there? It's painful. Um, so, you know, so we're bringing that loyalty. We're driving, um, volumes up because people see that as a destination to go to. Um, that's really a place to go if you want to do your cash gifting. Um, and, you know, just a word there on cash gifting. I mean, you know, your substitute is, um, not just tucking money in an envelope, but also like, you know, gift cards, (laughs) even that seems like a commitment today. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's like, Hey, I'm going to decide for you, David, that I'm going to give you a gift card to Ikea. And you're like, "Uh, I don't even know if I want that, you know? So it's like, I've made that decision for you. Um, Is that really the perfect gift? Probably not. Um, You know, gift gifting at the best of times is really awkward. But what people are telling us, and there are tons of studies about that, um, but what people are telling us is they want the gift of cash. They want the freedom.
1: So... Out of interest, then, if they want to get give the cash and they want the freedom, mm. is the platform set up to look at tokens and look at some of those digital offerings, or or is it still very much kind of the FICO currencies and and utilizing those kind of uh, those methods?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it it is definitely the platform is set up for more than that, um, and what we're um, exploring right now is. Um, being able to add promotions into that, uh, I, I'll give you maybe a live example. Is you know, a, a grandma wants to give fifty pounds to her her grandson. Um, it's his first term in in university, right? Um, so she gives the fifty pounds, but on top of that, she also gives uh, a promotion for IKEA and says, "Hey, here's your fifty pounds, but you know, also." Added to that, as an attachment to that, you know, here's ten percent off of your IKEA um, visit in the next in the next week. That's very powerful. Nobody in payments is doing this right now. It's just, you know, we're we're really shifting the power from um, the 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 sender. I I decide for you that I'm sending you to IKEA. To hey, here's fifty pounds. And adjacent to that, right next to that, is a suggestion. Hey, why don't you go fit, spend your 50 pounds on what you want? But here's also a suggestion that you might like. Um so it it's really the best of both worlds and on top of that, you know, we're going toward those brands, those big brands whether it's um hey, I'm going to thanks for the thanks for dinner last night. Here's a donut or uh you know, um uh it, you know, congratulations on your wedding. Uh, have fun on your honeymoon. Uh, here's, here's money off of your Airbnb experience when you get to Tuscany, whatever. Right. So, uh, sorry, I'm just using these, uh, these brands as an example, but, um, it's, we see it's hugely powerful as we bring in the brands and give them the, the attention that they want, um, and also serve the customers as, as the core of all of that.
1: Out of interest, born in the States, or sorry, not in the States rather, born in Canada, but North America. Yeah uh, I'd imagine also kind of penetrating into the States. Um, but now in Europe, I kind of imagine that that is obviously by accident rather than the design because the founders are, are in Canada, mm-hmm. but the, but the European market, is it slightly more mature for this? Because there's, there's always that narrative that there are more fintech offerings and more challenger fintech offerings, uh, to the legacy banks anyway, in Europe than there are in the States.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm originally from the from the states and uh you know it's it's a it's a great market. It's a big market. Um <laughs> you know um so w- we're actually launching in the next months so stay tuned on that um that one but we're launching a a major payment network there and that has major big effects um as we you know it just has efficiencies of scale. Um here in Europe um there are a lot of Peer-to-peer networks. Uh, you know, every nearly every country uh, has their their country champions, but it's a very fragmented market. Uh, you do see some move toward interoperability between between those markets, um, but n- not necessarily. Um, so you know, uh, here it's it's smaller markets um, that each have their own payment rails. Um, which is an opportunity to to go to many partners, uh, but it would be a lot easier if there were if there were one one you know a couple big ones. Um, our solution basically it it wraps around any existing payment rail, so we we can really work on top of um, of any payment rail.
1: What do you think has been critical to the success of the platform? Obviously, you've described a lot about. The you know the customer journey and consumer journey and 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 events in particular and how that kind of translates to it, why why customers might be interested. But you know, I'd imagine you're not the only one out there offering something like this. And and there might be a case that people look at building this, you know, organizations rather. uh, Retailers look at building something like this, uh, perhaps as as a a bespoke. uh, platform f- f- for themselves in much the same way that, that, that they might have a loyalty app or building it into that. Why is the platform worked? Why has it taken off?
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, 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 this reminds me of the famous quote from Peter Thiel, right? I mean, he said, um, "You know, competition is for losers," <laughs> right? We've 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 built a platform that is unique. I, I don't see anybody else doing this. Um, what we're competing against is is banks that think. You know, I'm going to add a GIF. I'm going to add a a video, Um, and that kind of development, if you put it end to end, is a real problem. You know, those those development projects sit end to end, and when you want to go through the next iteration or the next feature, um, it that's a whole new project. And so, our success is built upon our platform approach. Uh, We really looked at what. Our clients want, so we are a B to B to C play, um, which which means you know when we looked at our our payment partners, um, we said what would make it easy for them to work with us, um, and and with that kind of approach, I think we've had a lot of success. Um, one thing there is that banks and payment networks they don't want to manage content. I mean, as you can imagine, that's just not a core. Competency of a bank. They they do not want to um, build, you know, uh, Christmas greetings. They don't want to build mini games that you have to play, uh, beat my score to unlock the payment. Um, so, you know, we we've had huge success with um, being able to bring that that fresh new content. Also, the way that we integrate is one integration into Voucher um, allows you to then benefit from our features. Pipeline that sits behind that, right? So, we are an innovation team that's that's pushing those new P2P features and products through that that same integration, and that's been that's been really really helpful. And also, I guess the last thing really is the way that we integrate. We give the full range, uh, so that's API, that's a mobile SDK, whether it's a you know a, a mobile native experience that our partners want, or we just have a very simple um, light solution, which is a, a a web SDK that just makes it super easy um, to, to plug it in, see how customers like it, and then, you know, build from there.
1: So look, just before we wrap up, what what's yeah. coming up in the next in the next few months? I imagine a lot of your business has been accelerated through the course of this of this year. Uh, obviously, huge challenges, but huge opportunities at the same time, perhaps for for payment pro- platforms and, and new ways of, of of looking at payments. What's coming up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, COVID has has put a delay in in some things, but on the other hand. It's really accelerated digital payments, and that's that's a really exciting time for us. Uh, unfortunately, people uh, maybe can't go to a birthday party, they can't go to a wedding, they can't be there in person, um, but they want to they want to send their love, they want to send their their feelings uh, along with the payments. So we're in a really great position in this unfortunate times. Um, what we see ahead is is a really exciting. Um, path for us. Uh, we've got some some really fantastic partner launches coming up. Um, great partnerships, I think, is the, is the foundation to our business, and we're going to build upon that. Um, we we really have, um, like I said, you know, our features roadmap. We keep developing and iterating there um, to basically stay ahead of the curve. So um, yeah, we're we're set. Um, we think the future is right now for us. Um, we're 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 really happy.
1: Amazing. Well, look, I, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning to talk to us. Um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. We're nearly there. It's Thursday morning today. So uh, yeah, thanks for the time. And um, if someone's interested in Voucher, we'll obviously include a link in the show notes, but what, yeah. what is the best way for them to go find you?
0: Yeah. Um, our website, voucher.tech, um, sales at voucherapp.co um, is the cool. best way to get in touch with us. Um, well, or we just will make up.
1: sure there are links.
0: <laughs> yeah, great.
1: Thank you very much for your time, Aaron.
0: Thanks, David. Been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Audrey, uh, this is where I feel terrible. How old are you? You're like 20, 21?
2: No, I'm actually 19. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know if I'm just getting cranky. I, I can totally see where Voucher are coming from. And I understand the need to make stuff more sociable. I can totally understand from a B2B to c point of view, uh, loyalty, branding. I kind of feel like, I'm almost too old, like I've missed the boat i'm i'm thirty five and I'm kinda like, yeah i don't I don't really care, like as long as the money gets to the person, I'm kinda kinda happy with that. Is that a generational shift thing? Do you think that people your age do want a little i mean I, I feel like it's aimed more at Gen Z if I'm perfectly honest,
2: same here. I really do think that voucher really is geared towards Generation Z, but I do think that it's specific facets of Generation Z. And I say this because I noticed that the way in which money is transferred in America compared to the Philippines, for instance, is very different. Like here there are a lot of modes like Venmo, Apple Pay, that my peers really navigate with ease. Whereas the Philippines, in the Philippines, we're still very conventional in terms of just like handing money as it goes. Or maybe that's just in the circles I've been in. So definitely American Gen Zs, I can see voucher applying to, but maybe not quite yet in places like the Philippines, where money transfer is still very, very traditional in that sense.
1: And I guess that's why Aaron's probably in Europe. They've Obviously, it's interesting to hear you say that, because I, I, I always assume, possibly wrongly, that the States is a little bit behind Europe, certainly when it comes to fintech, because London has seen very much as the fintech capital. We've got the likes of Starling, Revolut, you know, there's there's a lot of um N26 in 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 Germany. There's a lot of banking applications and and startup applications that come out of Europe and really challenged um, the traditional legacy banks. But they don't they haven't really tackled this aspect. They haven't tackled the idea that you send a gif or well more than a gif obviously. He's talking like just gifs aren't enough, but emojis, videos, music and making an occasion out of giving money? When you say that your friends navigate things like Apple Pay with ease, is there that aspect to it? Or is it just that they're more comfortable on those platforms?
2: Based on the interactions I've had with a lot of the Americans here on campus at Stanford, I find that, yes, it's just a tool that Apple Pay, Venmo, like, these are tools that they've pretty much grown accustomed to. And mm. given like my international, my outsider perspective, I find it such an interesting thing because I've been able to experience, yes, like the startup scene in the Philippines. And I went to the Web Summit in in Portugal back in November 2019. So I got a bit of a taste of the European startup scene. And like being here in the US, I'm seeing as well, like what the culture is like, you know, in terms of Silicon Valley. And there are like a lot of nuances that differ, I think, these groups specifically with how youth from these different parts of the world are, are tackling technology, tackling startups. And I'd have to say that Definitely, there are differences in the market in terms of the ease of use of technology. When we're talking about the Philippines, of course, we only talk about a very limited population that navigates the tech with ease simply by the nature of tech not being as accessible, I believe, to youth there as compared to here in the U.S., um, where it's very common for everybody to practically have a smartphone, hence being able to access things like Apple Pay and Venmo. So I guess the accessibility divide really becomes apparent, I think, coming here to the U.S.,
1: I mean, I thought it was fascinating that 90% of Venmo uh, transactions in the US are accompanied by an emoji. Like literally all I care about is, has the money got to you? <laughs> yes. Whereas I think, I suppose it's quite nice. I, I imagine it's either smiley faces or hearts. Uh, I, I can't really understand why would send anything else. Um, but yeah, it's obviously nice that people do want to add that personal touch, um, which is, is super sweet. And I thought it was very interesting to hear him talk about, you know, uh, you're sending money, but then you're also introducing brands. So here's some money off an Airbnb type thing as well. So the way that brand loyalty can also be built. Um, Just on the point of the fact that, you know, where are you based? Oh, you're a Canadian company. You're in Austria. Um, You're obviously moving around the globe now um, with the fact that you've left the Philippines, you're in the States. Um, I suppose my, perspective on what's going on with regards to remote working is very UK based. Have you seen any interesting nuances having traveled, having gone to a new country at the minute?
2: There have been a ton of nuances in terms of the US culture towards remote work and the Philippines, remote work, remote learning. A very stark difference that I find between what I experienced in the Philippines and what I'm experiencing here at Stanford and California is that my peers here have like this, this much easier, like, or they navigate this technology much easier. And maybe it's because of the fact that when they were in high school, a lot of the US high schools were easy, were able to shift with much more ease. I think the online learning, like not that mm-hmm. they fully shifted um, without an issue, but I find that like when my peers tell me about like their online classes, it's. The infrastructure was less of an issue, the connectivity, the lack of resources was less of an issue as compared to the Philippines, where people, Wi Fi was a huge source of stress for a lot of students. In fact, a lot of universities back home petitioned to have their semesters pushed back or to have different options for learning because of just the nature of, according to the Philippine Statistics Authority, over 30 million Filipinos not having access to Wi Fi in their homes. And there have been articles that I've read, like very, very, very sobering articles about how their students in the provincial areas that had to climb mountains even to just submit their papers to get good wi-fi access and these are crazy problems that i hear less of here in here in the u.s like maybe it's because i'm here in california and no no that's West, yeah.
1: that's fascinating because you know that i i i don't think i don't think i i, I should say that you know, Aaron obviously made the line that we can work from anywhere in the world. And that's just the way that it is. And, and that's something that I've said, you know, you can work anywhere in the world. And of course, you can't. There are plenty of places in the world where, as you say, the infrastructure isn't available. And uh, maybe we can be a little bit naive in the West of kind of just going, oh, well, yeah, you can go anywhere, right?
2: <laughs> I, I kind of, I was debating pointing that out because you can work anywhere in the world with wi-fi access with the necessary infrastructure and usually that's very much like in like the developed world for like a lack of a better term so there's still like a long way to go i think in terms of making sure that countries like the philippines don't fall behind in terms of remote learning and remote work
1: yeah and an opportunity i suppose because a lot of people have said oh well this is great because you know it opens up a global talent pool and i suppose actually no it doesn't it still means that countries that have the resources and that have the infrastructure have a significant advantage on who can perform what jobs and, and who can't. So from a quality point of view, an interesting point. Right, look, I think that we should go to our ad break looking at our time because we've got an interesting piece of news from Safe in the City who are former guests on the show as well. Uh, Aaron, thank you for being our guest. Some fascinating insight there from Voucher. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be straight back. Now that we're officially in the run into Christmas, why not think about giving a gift with a story behind it? Alive and Kicking are using football as a force for good and helping to support mental health education across Africa. You can do the same by giving someone a football from aliveandkicking.org forward slash shop. Now the football's come in retro 90s kit designs, so go Have a look and give a unique gift that will help make a huge difference to more than just the person who receives it this Christmas. Welcome back to the show. Uh, a bit of news. Safe in the City have got a new report out. Safe in the City, for anyone who's not aware, is an app that allows it, it basically allows you to report um, harassment, uh, on the street sexual harassment, uh, in a way that, that combines with local authorities and shops and, and businesses to make sure that the incidents are flagged and that predominantly young women feel safer in areas and cities that they don't know. Um, Street and sexual harassment has worsened during lockdown, whilst 85% of young women in the UK have experienced sexual harassment, up to 90% of incidents on public transport remain unreported. Safe in the City has read that the word just was reported 662 times by people experiencing street and sexual harassment, and they're launching a campaign to end minimization and increase reporting to make sure that it's re- easier to report uh, incidents and drive action. So the most dangerous word is just. Um look, th- this was set up, Saving the City was set up by uh, Gillian, uh, a Canadian, moving to first States and then you, then you, you, Europe, I think she moved to Paris and then London. Certainly London, she is where she is now. And being a young woman and feeling vulnerable in cities and not understanding what areas were safe to walk to and what weren't. Look, Audrey, not to put too far a point, you're a w- young woman moving to a different country, to a different city. Um, how big a problem do you think do you think this is in terms of that that nature of just being the most dangerous word?
2: I think the sexual harassment in cities specifically or in in or public sexual harassment like that is a massive issue, especially in places like the Philippines, but very much so like in in places like the u s as well the I can't count the number of times I've heard of friends, family members encountering advances on them like in public and I think that safe in the city when I when I read about it when you sent me those links about it I found it incredibly fascinating because it's a great example of technology being used to help solve problems that are specific to the people that were previously not represented in tech, if that makes sense. Because we're talking about technology made by women for women. And if we, it's a, it's a perfect example of talking about why we need more women in technology, really. Because when we get more diverse people with diverse experiences, we get technology that helps tackle those diverse experiences. And what Safe in the City does, I think, is really great because it's really a universal issue. Like, it happens in the Philippines. Harassment happens in the Philippines. It happens here in the U.S. It happens all around Europe. And unfortunately, it isn't going to go away unless we start thinking of more innovative solutions to help tackle this very like systemic and cultural problem.
1: I mean, it's really interesting this 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 focus on on you know just a comment, just a joke, and mm-hmm. empowering people to go no, it, it is more serious, mm-hmm. and that there is a safe way to report incidents. I suppose, yeah. and it, is it that coming for? It's still that coming forward piece, isn't it? Something might have mm-hmm. happened to you, but reporting it and and taking action as opposed to allowing someone to to make it feel like it was less than it was?
2: Speaking from a very personal place, I feel like a lot of the advances towards women, a lot of the sexist remarks, harassment face, like the use of the word just really makes me think of all the times in which women are told to just sit quietly and take this harassment take this unjust treatment that society throws upon them so by rebelling against that by questioning that just and saying things shouldn't be like this why do we use the word just to justify these things that happen to women like that in itself is a form of resistance and that's something that i think can be so powerful because when we start questioning that we also start questioning gender stereotypes that exist in our society preconceived notions about how we treat women, about dynamics between men and women in our society, between men, women, and LGBTQ plus. The mere act of pointing that out, I think, is so, so powerful. And I'm really glad that they're really campaigning towards making it not just about one thing, but really changing, if it's appropriate to say, the paradigm around sexual harassment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a really serious subject. Obviously, it's it's brilliant that Gillian has sent this across for us to have a quick chat about. Um, Safe in the city is a campaign is, is supported by uh, uh, nine influencers on this on this particular campaign from Hollywood actresses to performers, athletes, uh, entrepreneurs. So there's a, there's going to be an influencer campaign video that's released really shortly. Um, might even be online now. I need to double check that. Uh, that shares real stories that hopefully uh, can can help minimise the, the impact and, and make this a, a bigger issue that people really understand. We will share links to this campaign so that you can have a look in the show notes and go find out more. But uh, yeah, look really good of Safe in the City to send this over and allow us to to highlight it in a bit more detail. Look, it's it's getting late, isn't it? It's nearly 10 o'clock. You got classes tomorrow, I assume?
2: I do. I do. At 2.30, but I have a really big paper Oh, too.
1: student lifestyle. Mate. You're, <laughs> you're, you're not even getting up till the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> that is typical student lifestyle some things never change yeah
2: I think what's been crazy is that mm-hmm. even though my classes are all in the afternoon or mostly in the afternoon I still find yeah. myself up pretty early for WeTech calls considering the time zones and everything so the of student course. entrepreneur life never
1: stops <laughs> well look it's amazing to chat to you thank you very much for your time today and I hope your studies continue to go well over in Stanford
2: thank you David thank you for having me this has been such a wonderful chat